Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And today we'll be looking at the first episode of Supernatural titled The Pilot. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so first up, we, we've got to start with, we actually watched it together. We did. <laughs> and the first thing that I even thought of was the fact that Beth was doing a happy little dance. We have been <laughs> friends for absolutely years at this point, And I have refused to watch supernatural for all, all those, those years, years. Yeah. she's been trying to pressure me into it for years and years and years and years and years she was so goddamn victorious that she's finally managed it look it was an effort it's been a long time coming <laughs> it was not reassuring however that you then gave me the it was 2005 yeah. see look, i went to say 2015 because like i can't fathom something going that far back like i was eight folks I was eight. Look, you've got to view it through a lens of 2005 to properly appreciate things like special effects and flip phones. You can't go into it with a 2021 mindset. You also have to use the 2005 mindset to get past some of the other things like the homophobia, the racism and the sexism. But also, that's that's a different topic. We'll get into that later. <laughs> so I was just, you know, absolutely blown away by the fact that she literally felt the need to give me a disclaimer that it was 2005. <laughs> That's not a reassuring sign for me actually, at all. One of my first notes actually is just very 2005 vibes. <laughs> like it's very clear that this is an early 2000s show. See, the first thing I think I actually noticed, other than Bethany's absolute joy at getting me to watch this monstrosity, <laughs> was the fact that there is like no lighting in this show. Like why, why is the screen constantly yeah. dark? Is that normal? Look, it's, I wrote film noir down it's very they do have a lot of shadows and it's a lot of like the bar imagery and like the silhouette and like the dark like mood lighting like they're trying to like put across that it's grungy and like edgelord-esque you say film noir though but film noir actually had stunning lighting because it was in black (laughs) and white you have to still be able to see something and so film noir makes incredible use of lighting whereas this shit was just dark look it I would love to tell you that it gets better. It takes a while. <laughs> it is very dark. It's very... It looks part of the aesthetic. You can't blame them for going hard on the aesthetic. You go hard on your aesthetic. Okay, so she's now saying that they're going hard on the aesthetic, which directly ties to the next note I took, which is just how fucking bland the fucking direction of this episode was. Oh, it's the pilot. Every single shot choice was like, how can we just film this? Like, we just want to get it filmed. Like, we we don't want to do anything creative. We don't want to think outside the box. It just needs to be filmed. That's all we want to do. It's the pilot. They probably that probably was their only thought. They weren't like they weren't gonna blow their whole budget on like fancy film techniques. They were like, right, we just have to get this film so we can sell it to a to a network. Like, well, if you're saying that they just wanted to get it filmed, but then you're claiming that the darkness was the aesthetic, so why would you go so hard in the aesthetic of no fucking lighting, but not in the aesthetic of using interesting angles? Jamie, they were clearly trying to. See- save money by not turning the lights on i don't know what you're not understanding like i just told you they had a small budget do you know how expensive electricity is it's pretty expensive and in 2005 how many studios do you think had solar panels installed i'm gonna say not many 
Don't look at me like that. No one can see your your skeptic side eye. Just be reassured that it is in fact real and it is in fact scathing. <laughs> what was your what was your next thought? Ignoring the aesthetic and the lighting. <laughs> what was your next thought? Okay, so then we sort of get over the first little bit, and then like the I, I just thought, Jesus Christ, that baby's scarred for life. Mm. Like his mother's just burnt to death on the roof. Here's the thing, though, he's so young, he won't remember it. So that's a plus. Like he actually says later in the episode, he's like, Dean, if I hadn't, it wasn't for pictures, I wouldn't even know what Mom looked like. And Dean gets well, mad no, about that. No, but <laughs> I'm sorry, but okay, here's the thing, though. If he remembers watching his mum burn to death on the ceiling, he wouldn't remember what she looks like anyway. He would just remember, remember her burning, the, the burning to corpse. death on the yeah. yeah. So he could still theoretically remember and be scarred for life by watching his mother burn to death on the ceiling, like. Remember that fact, folks. Yeah. We are talking about a woman burning to death on the ceiling. Like, they're starting real early with the whole fridging women for man yeah, pain. Yeah, actually, my top note was Mary immediately fridged for man pain. And I think one of the interesting things, actually, about Mary as a symbol, because at this point in the show, she's not actually really a character. She's kind of just like a, I don't know, like an idealistic version of, like, the perfect mother and wife. And, like, it's so obvious. She's, like, first of all, her name is fucking Mary, the Mary mother in the Bible. You know, she's wearing the white long nightgown. She's, you know, whatever, stereotype. It's so interesting, I guess, that she's straight away, like, this image of like innocence and idealistic of like womanhood as it were and then they immediately like burn her on the ceiling it's like how how much more like brutal can you get i mean that does sort of take us to our next point which is that uh it's we're going to sam's in college now whatever Mm. aged up the 20 odd years he's no longer yeah 22 years a scarred baby who is He's watching now, his mother burn to death on the ceiling because that's that's his entire role so far. He's now a scarred twenty-two-year-old. <laughs> Imagine being the child actor who played the kid who watched the mother oh get burned to death on the, the ceiling. Baby, wow, what a claim to fame! <laughs> I wonder what they're doing now. Like it's been a long time. They wouldn't be that much younger than us. Think, that's crazy. They have to be two thousand five. Like, they would have been born like twenty two thousand two. Crazy. It only have been, you know, maybe two or three. Oh my god! So they're like not even an adult. No, <laughs> that's so scary. No, like they Gen are. Z. They they would be that's an adult. Bizarre. They would just have been like they would have just turned an adult if they were born in two thousand two. They'd be nineteen now. If they were oh, two thousand three, they'd be. Look, this is such a long shot. But if you happen to be the baby that played Sam Winchester in the pilot episode of Supernatural, like, what are you doing now? Like, how do you follow that up? <laughs> And more importantly, the budget for this show was so goddamn small, as evidenced by the fact they could not afford lighting. Did you get paid? <laughs> yeah. Like, please <laughs> tell me you you're rolling in that fund. money. That's all I want to know. Thank you. Oh, God. Anyway, uh, so, so speaking of Sam and his grown-upness, yes. he is now with this girl, Jess. First up, the way they film her is gross. Like, they do the full, like, she's wearing the scanty freaking nurse's outfit and they do the full scan up her legs. I was like, we get it. She's pretty, but do you have to sexualize? Like, it's literally like five minutes in. We've murdered one woman character and now you're completely sexualizing the other one, who was then later murdered in the exact Exact same same fucking way. Oh, spoilers alert in case you haven't seen the first episode of Supernatural. I'm assuming (laughs) that anyone listening to this has watched the show and if you haven't and you're doing a watch along, look, spoilers. Watch Maybe the episode before, before you, you listen. listen to us. <laughs> but no, so what really got me about that whole Sam is in college now thing yeah. was just how little the girlfriend does. 
Like she's there, just she's basically like, yeah, you got it, baby. We can like you can get you go to that interview. Like you'll be fine. You'll blow them away. You're so goddamn smart. And he's like, it's Halloween, of course, because Halloween is spoopy. <laughs> but of course, it's Halloween, and like so, she's all dressed up, and like all their friends are dressed up. They're obviously going to a costume party, and he's just like, nope. Not going to put in even the bare minimal effort to... Not even my cat ears or something. Like... Not, not even going to pretend to dress up, like, a little bit. Like, dude, your girlfriend is so fucking supportive. Like, what a girlfriend. <laughs> 10 out of 10. She was great until she burned alive on the ceiling. We stand, Jess. We she st- made him cookies. And you're doing literally nothing. She yeah. is so supportive and so sweet. And you're just going to put in absolutely zero effort. Man pain. Wow. <laughs> Man pain. I saw a meme the other day that I really related to, and it was like, modern woman takes a 30-minute break from being a feminist to sit down and enjoy an episode of Supernatural. And I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. Anyway, moving on from Mary and Jess for a hot minute, because that's just, what a parallel, guys. So we've already established the writing in this is kind of shonky. Like, in terms of their treatment of female characters, the writing in this is fucking shonky as hell. Yeah, which is why, first of all, lens of 2005 and also second of all yes it is bad and we should recognize it and talk about it because come on like we deserve more as women and especially like as like people who watch the show and enjoy the show and we'll get into this in later episodes and seasons but there are characters like becky and like charlie who are like supposed to be representative of the fandom and some of it is pretty insensitive in a lot of ways so i think that's obviously like a big conversation that will continue throughout So maybe for the moment, let's just keep going. (laughs) One other note that I had was right at the start, John, obviously, in the fire, hands Sam to Dean and, you know, know, get your brother out of the house, run as fast as you can, Mm -hmm. like now, Dean, go. That, I think, for me is such a pivotal moment because it's the first moment that John gives Dean an order as, like, not a father but as a commander. But it's also, like, the very start of Dean's parent complex, which will, like, become much more evident throughout. He's straight up, like, Sam is his son. Like, it's not – there are siblings, but also Dean is his parent. And I think that's kind of where it really started, which I think is just sort of a – I don't know. It's It feels like a pivotal point, and I think it's, like, it's underplayed in the episode because it is, like, 30 seconds or whatever, mm-hmm. but I think it's actually quite important in terms of, like, a character study. See, because I didn't even clock that, but also mm-hmm. because I've never seen, like, I haven't seen any full episodes, I don't think, ever of Supernatural. Yeah. Other than the pilot. Like, I've obviously heard in passing bits and pieces from the fandom. Yeah. But, like, I didn't even clock that moment because, for me, it's, like, it's just, it's a moment. It's, like, you know, it's the thing of, obviously, the dad was just trying to get them out of the fucking house and the easiest Mm. way to do that is to have the the older child and give him a command that seems important in that so that the kid's not going to just fucking go, Mm -hmm. no, dad, you fuck. And you're right, but I think it's also just, like, a really interesting point because that's the turn in their relationship. What was your next? Okay, so I I think we should move on to what I'm now going to dub the PSA section of this (laughs) announcement. And the PSA is, don't use your fucking phone while driving. (laughs) Like, the dude, he's on the phone to his missus or whatever, the victim of the week. Clearly, no, he's an idiot because he's driving and talking on the phone at the same time. Uh Again, bad idea, PSA, guys, don't Uh do that. And then it's just very much like, 
okay, you just want all of your victims to be absolutely dumb as hell because none of this makes (laughs) sense if they have any sort of brain. Yeah, my note about his death was men are stupid and horny. (laughs) He literally just lets a random woman into his car from the side of the street. Her dress is all torn up. Like, I get that it's Halloween, but she's clearly not with it. Like, even if you didn't think that she was, like, had ill intent or something, you would think she was at least high or super drunk, in which case you should probably not be, like, you know, coming onto her or, like, getting into her advances. Like, you should probably be driving her to the hospital. Like, she's just wandering in the fucking woods. Can you imagine? And what gets me, though, is this is established that it's been something that's been happening for months yeah, at this point. Years. Years like, at this point. so many dudes have done this. Like, what, <laughs> what are they thinking? But it's not just on Halloween, either. It's not, like... So, like, what are the other dude's excuses? Mm, mm-hmm. Like, okay, this one dude, it happened on Halloween. Sure. Sure. We'll give him we'll a pass. Him, Benefit him of pass. the doubt. He, he thought it was just a Halloween costume. That's why she's looking like she's... Looking. Just being murdered in the woods. Yeah. I mean, knowing Supernatural, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, look, and I get... I mean, we're in Australia. Halloween's not, like, a really big thing mm. here for Australians, but I get in America it's, like, a big deal. So, like, maybe she's come from a party. She's got lost. She's drunk. Sure. She tried to walk home. It didn't work. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt for not assuming she's a ghost. About Um, to murder him. (laughs) But, yeah, you make a great point. Like, what about the dozens of others? Like, what was their fucking excuse? (laughs) Look, it really explains, like, why there is specifically a woman in white. There's no man in white equivalent. And that's Mm. because women aren't stupid enough to let random-ass dudes wandering in the forest just into their cars. And if they did, because of, like, the goodness in their hearts or something... By the way, I said that. It's like, wow, unrelatable. I would never help a stranger. But you know what I mean? Like, I mean, even if they did, they're not, all, they're not just going to then drive them to their house to fuck them. Like, what? I okay. Just, what I also want to know if we have any Americans listening into this at any stage, mm. even if we posted this like three years ago and you, you decided to listen to this, can you just tell us, is hitchhiking like a big thing in America? Oh, yeah. Because in Australia, it's like, like, people do it, obviously, but, like, there are way too many stories about, like, hitchhikers murdering people who drive them and drives mm-hmm. hard murdering hitchhikers. hitchhikers. In Australia, like, it's not just, like, an average thing, but also because the distance between all of our, like, capital cities is so far away. Yeah. It's, like, to drive from one to the other is, like, almost a solid day's worth of driving. Even some, it's, like, three. Like, I think if you wanted to go from Perth, which is Western Australia, through to Sydney, which, which is, is Eastern, Eastern Australia... Australia it's like a multi-day, like solid driving. It's like almost a week, isn't it? I know I from it's... Brisbane to SA, it's like three days, which is top to bottom. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure across is like four or five. So this look, this is not interesting content. I'm sorry, but <laughs> but just tell us: is hitchhiking like a genuine thing? Like, is it just super common? And like, are y'all just driving around willing to pick up random strangers on the side of the road? Because like... I can tell you right now, we're not. Not at all. <laughs> Like, that sounds insane. Maybe we just have too many mass murderers in Australia. I don't know. Anywho. Okay, uh, can we talk about the overwhelming vibe of, like, I'm a dude's dude in this episode? Yes. I also wanted to talk about how Dean is gross. Yeah. So that kind of ties in nicely. What were you going to say about uh, I'm a dude's dude? Just the entire vibe of this mm. is, like, so skeevy. It just gave me, like, yeah. the... Okay, Sam's got, like, the 2005 TM haircut. Like, you know, <laughs> it's shagtastic. But it's just so goddamn ugly. But also, like, 
oh, I'm a dude's dude, so I don't care about my appearance. But also, like, I have spent five grand on haircuts in the last, like, <laughs> half a year. It just, it's very, it's a weird sort of vibe because you see these two actors who are very, they obviously look after, the, like, their skin and their hair. And, like, they're pretty wardrobe has very clearly put them in, like, okay, they're not fancy clothes, but they're clearly, like, nice clothes. Like, these, yeah. these are characters who, it looks to me like they very care they care about their appearance like they very much put yeah some sort of effort into their appearance because otherwise why the fuck would sam's hair be always perfectly styled (laughs) that yeah that's an ongoing joke (laughs) but also if he was just like a college student blah 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 blah. he has hair like this great he wants hair like that's fine he can have whatever hair he wants i did not see him put it in a ponytail once that is the most unrealistic thing I've ever Jamie, seen. Are you going to watch every single episode of this and just go, um, I didn't like it. Sam did not put his hair in a ponytail. Is that going to be your critique of every episode? Because I can promise you, I can think of two episodes where Jared Padalecki's hair is up and in them he's not even playing Sam as in canon Sam. Like, and then not until like the like last two seasons. Actually, it might even actually both be in season 15. At least one of them is in season 15. And the other one is either 14 or 15, I reckon. But, like, just as a human with hair... Yeah, I know. <laughs> how the hell does that not annoy the shit out of him? Look, I think... Like, it's like... Like, you're like studying, you just need to, like, put your hair back. But, like, you don't see it at all. Like... Yeah. Like, they fucking did in Birds of Prey. Fantastic movie. I really enjoyed it, by the way. Yeah. But, like, they, they show her and she ties back her hair because it's in the way. I'm not saying that he needs to, like, never have his hair have, out like, or his anything, own collection of scrunchies. scrunchies. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, like, he looks like he's never owned a hair tie in his life. But considering the work he's doing now. What we're saying is that Sam, that Sam should have a headband. You know those ones that you, like, push? Yeah. Like, so you put it in, it's like that hard, like, semicircle band. Yeah. And you, like, push it back. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what Sam needs. But I'm imagining, like, a uh, Blair Waddle from Gossip Girl, like, black velvet with pearls. <laughs> a bougie one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because clearly he spends a shit ton of money on his hair. <laughs> and it's just such a weird disconnect from this, like, vibe of, like, we're Grunge. dudes, dude. We don't care what we look like. And it's mm. like, well, you clearly do, mate. Yeah. Like, that's not a haircut you get on accident. That is a choice. A terrible choice, but it is a choice. You've just opened a massive can of worms into one of the most fascinating and annoying things about Supernatural in general, which is that things will be added into the show that are clearly meant to be, like, a joke, like a dig at someone's personal appearance or someone's, like, taste in music or something. And by making it a joke, what they've done a number of times is accidentally make their characters less masculine and more complex. And when I say masculine, I do mean like stereotypically masculine, not, you know, like, ooh, men don't need umbrellas. We will stand in the rain like manly men, you know, that kind of stupid fucking masculine. He's a dude's dude. You know, yeah, they'll like make some kind of dumb like joke about, I don't know, Taylor Swift, for example, you know, they they had a whole bit about Taylor Swift in one episode and how Dean didn't like it and then actually he did like it, you know, and it's a really interesting thing about like, I don't like it, that's for ladies, I don't like it, that's for ladies, but then secretly he's like, I like it, 
even though it's for ladies and it, like it changes because it's like well <laughs> you can't have it both ways like you can't you know do you know what I'm do you know what I'm getting at like they know they, they make these layers where they're like oh yes uh, our manly man character he would never listen to Taylor Swift and then they actually as a joke because they think it will be funny make him like Taylor Swift but what they're actually doing is making a very complex layered character by accident because their joke still counts as canon, which means he still likes the music, even though they're playing it off as a joke. It's almost like you were making bread, right? And you accidentally need it wrong. And then suddenly you've got a fucking croissant. Yeah. It's like you were looking for like a bland doble, but yeah. now it's a flaky you pastry. accidentally made something perfect. Supernatural's great at that. They just fuck up a lot and it works out well by accident. You will see that. <laughs> in the coming episodes. Anyway, my next point was uh, there's this scene in the episode where Sam has decided he's going to go with Dean trying to find John and they're at a, a petrol station and Sam is just sitting in the car literally yelling to Dean who is at the back of the car outside the car going, so are you and dad still running credit card scams? And like full on just yelling about crimes in a public area. He is not being discreet. He is shouting at his brother, hey, are you still doing this very well-known crime? And his brother's like, yeah. And it's like, Sam, don't you want to be a lawyer? In what world is that a good idea? Publicly yelling about these crimes currently being committed by your sibling and father, like it's just whatever. And Dean's like, actually, yes, I am committing that crime. Don't worry about it. I don't know. I just, that just bothered me a lot. Because I was like, Sam, you want to be a lawyer. What are you doing? What are you doing? Anyway, I just thought that was really dumb. <laughs> moving, like, well, not moving, but building onto that point. Yeah. The cops in this universe are so fucking dumb. They unsealed the crime scene where they literally discovered a dead body like, not even 12 hours before. It's unsealed now. You can drive over there again. There, there's not even, like, a cop detail or anything in case something else happens on the bridge. And to me, it doesn't look like it's an actual functional bridge. It looks like it's, like, an it abandoned... It was closed for construction because he construction drove through bridge. the, like, closed sign. Yeah. What I think baffles me the most about this show, but also about most, like, procedural, like, cop-type shows or, like, shows where there is some sort of interaction with crime scenes, they will just let fucking anyone wander into these active crime scenes these guys like in later episodes and stuff they like dress the part of like yeah. the fbi agent or whatever but in this episode sam's literally in a zip-up hoodie and sneakers and dean is in like a jacket that doesn't fit him properly he's wearing jewelry like they're clearly not law enforcement and like yeah they flash a badge or whatever but like if they were actually there to do something there is no fucking way they would be showing up in a hoodie and jeans i don't know a lot about law enforcement in the real world but you would assume if you were say fbi or something and you're going to a crime scene because you've been invited there or whatever by the local police Mm. you would assume the local police know you're fucking coming. Like, I guess this officer is standing there going, I don't remember calling the... What did they say they were? I, think I fucking remember. I think they may be Marshals or something. Are they marshals? Okay. I, think I don't so. know. I didn't pay that much attention to the <laughs> like, specifics. You know. I was too goddamn mad about the fact they've already unsealed the crime scene, <laughs> not even 12 hours later, considering it's not like it's not like it's a busy thoroughfare or anything. Like, they could leave the bridge closed for another day to finish collecting yeah. forensic evidence. And also, I just realised there's no blood in the car, is there? 
They couldn't find anything. But in the scene where he dies, blood splatter. It's Lots like of the blood point splatter. of his death. Yes, yeah. like you knew he was dead because of the splatter. I love the idea that there's like a little ghost janitor who like their job is to go to like where, you know, she gets and she's like, Oh, I've just murdered this man. I better call like, I don't know, Bob. Hey Bob, I've got a job for you. <laughs> Listen, Jenny Hill Bridge, do you wanna come like, you know, I'll share I'll share some of the the life force the life force with you. You can have a five percent cut <laughs> of this guy's soul. If you just come and clean up his blood for me and Bob's like, Oh yeah, be there in ten and he just shows up with his little like mop and just squeegees the blood off the windows and then like helps her hide the body. Cause like I mean I think- ghost, what's she gonna do with a body? I think this ties in really nicely to my point earlier about the most goddamn boring direction I've ever seen <laughs> in that the way they film this dude's death scene is literally just the outside of the car and then there's an explosion of blood. Oh, look, you're going to have to like, get used to that. It's just <laughs> there are so many cool and interesting ways that they could show this and instead they chose the one method that makes no sense in terms <laughs> of like actually being interesting to look at. Then what the police find later at the crime scene. Yeah. I think one of the important things to remember is, like, it is a pilot episode. Their whole goal was just, like I said before, to, like, sell to a network. So I think that, like, you know, and yes, you make good points. I agree with you. Like, there are better ways you can show that. And I think one of the things that bothers me about the blood splattering is, like, just in general, not just in this episode, not just in Supernatural, but as a technique, it always seems to appear as if their chest has exploded. Yeah. I'm like, that's generally not how murder happens, like, as far as I'm aware. I don't know about you, but <laughs> like, personally, I'm hoping to get murdered when my chest just explodes. I'm like, Mysteriously, spontaneously, like, just explodes, blood is everywhere, that's how I want to die, okay? I'm like, where did Please she... Please respect my wishes. I'm like, where did she cut him? Where blood managed to get on both, like, the front and, like, driver's side window, as well as, like, the rear window. Like, where did she cut him when that is possible? I don't, like, unless you, what like... What gets me is I can think of, like, 20 more interesting ways to have shot this scene. Personally, I think the best way to have done this scene would be for him to pull up on the bridge, mm. for her to just be standing near the edge, and for him in a trance-like state to just open the car door walk to the bridge, mm. and then just jump off into the river. Yeah, see, that would actually make a lot more and sense. And then it just pans back story. to, uh, like, the driver's door still ajar and the car empty and abandoned. Yeah. Yeah, see, that would actually make a lot more sense. Because like, that's how she died. And then yeah. it mirrors uh, she's just doing to them what they did to her, essentially. Yeah, and whether or not they find his body is kind of, like, yeah. it doesn't really matter either way. Like, mm. if they find it, It'll just be like, well, he killed himself, but that's weird. Like, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. And if they don't find his body, then that just, like, I mean, they don't find his body in the way the actual He's, episode yeah. plays out. So, yeah. No, okay, that would actually have been much better. <laughs> it, but also what gets me is it, it would actually have been easier to film. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, and far easier to film, more cost effective. They wouldn't have had to worry about fake blood splatter or whatever for the car. There's no special effects involved in there. The only thing would be the practical effect of jumping off the bridge. Which, which they I'm... already do in the episode. Sam and Dean jump yeah. off the bridge. And Dean gets completely covered in mud. Which yeah. is, look, it's funny. I appreciate that a lot. No, you make an excellent point. That would have been easier and probably more effective. Oh, and it dear. wouldn't have been so goddamn boring. Like, it wouldn't have been the same thing that you see so every often. time a person is murdered in a car. Like, why do we need to murder them in the car? Why does she need to be the one who physically does the thing? 
is it not enough for her to essentially like possess them and make them jump off a bridge? Like she yeah. jumped off the bridge when she committed suicide because her husband was shooting them. Which, mind you, I called it. I called it really early. They she went and did. talked to the husband and I was sitting there going, this husband seems hella fucking sus. Mm, mm-hmm. Like he asked him, was it a happy marriage? And there's a weird pause. You don't pause like that if it was a happy marriage. No. I was like, nope, something's wrong here. Like, he, he's it. trying to claim that it was a happy, it was not a fucking happy marriage. Like, that's <laughs> not, that's not a pause that you have when it's a happy marriage. No. Um, but also the fact that the husband was kind of old and ugly and the wife was really super young and beautiful. And I'm not talking about later on when the, the wife is dead and the husband's still alive. Yeah. I'm talking about like in the, in picture. the like picture. It's like, he's clearly like 10 years older than her and she's mm-hmm. like early 20s. Dodgy. You did touch on one point that I also had, which was the terrifyingly terrible use of special effects. Oh my god. That scene right at the end where like she's defeated or whatever and she like sinks into the ground and there's like this weird like I don't even know how to describe it, but it almost looks like it was supposed to be in 3D. Like mm. it's like it sort of comes out of the screen and it's like blue and there's like her rib cage and she's screaming. I just need you to understand, they never, ever, ever, ever use that special effect again. And I am so glad they don't because it makes no sense and it's so weird to watch. It did not age well at all. (laughs) I mean, I think this is another case of, like, they use the most boring possible way to show her being, you know, sucked into hell by her children or whatever. (laughs) They use the worst, but it's, like, the worst thing is it's not even, like, the most cost-effective or the most just ignore my dog yawning in the background (laughs) it's it's not even like okay it's not visually the most appealing whatever but Mm. it's also not the most cost effective it's like they clearly spent money on those special effects like there are practical ways they could have done that which would have cost them like a fraction of the amount of money they would have Mm. paid on special effects i would have thought it would be really cool in that moment to just do like her kids show up and she like she loves them and she thinks it's all happy it's already like a reunion and then her kids drag her away and then she slowly burns up but the kids are still fine and they fade away peacefully but she sort of burns like she's in hell you know what i mean like same amount of money on special effects without that weird like sucking her down the portal thing the burning imagery is something that they do like they use it instead like from about that point forward like yeah the the ghost burns that's how they do it and it does make a lot more sense and it is a lot more visually appealing than what they chose to do for this one so that will look i can i can guarantee for you that bit will improve speaking of fire we then get to the end of the episode wherein we have some symmetry <laughs> with the beginning of the episode um we have obviously jess burning to death on the ceiling the same way that mary did in the start um which is awful because one poor sam well actually first of all poor jess she deserves so much better i do have a question about this scene which i i re-watched the episode last night in preparation for today because i wanted to make sure it was fresh in my mind i did not i refused to rewatch any episode i watched them once and that is it that's fair my question is when sam gets back uh there's like the cookies on the table and it's very sweet and he's like oh yay happy i'm home he's the cookie or whatever he lies down on the bed he says like he calls out for jess and you hear the shower going and you're like oh she's in the shower no worries he lies back and looks up and that's when he sees her on the ceiling so my question is a is someone else in their shower in their house because that doesn't seem like a share house so either someone is in their shower which is weird and bad or b the demon or ghost or monster, or whatever else it is that stuck her up on the ceiling, turned on the shower out of, like, dramatic flair? 
Like, was that... Here's the thing, like, though. <laughs> like, she wasn't naked. If... He didn't pull her from the shower. Assuming that it is the same demon at the start of the episode mm. to the end. Like, same person who's burning women on ceilings. Yeah. Oddly specific MO. You'd hope it's only <laughs> one demon doing that. I would assume that it's, like, the same thing as at the start of the episode. Because at the start of the episode, Mary goes to check on the baby, mm. Sam, mm-hmm. and she sees John there. Mm. And so she assumes everything's fine. She goes downstairs, sees John on the couch, realizes that was not John with her baby, mm-hmm. and she goes upstairs. I would assume that it was just the same mechanism that caused the demon to, like, project over the baby. In that case of, like, it's a sense of security. Normalcy, normalcy. yeah. Before, like, the horror. Because he was going to assume Jess was somewhere home because the door was unlocked. Mm. There were cookies fresh baked on the table. So if he hears the shower running, he's going to assume everything's fine and he's just going to head to bed. So he did do it for the dramatic flair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but also if he did not assume Jess was okay, he probably would have just gone and laid on the bed. So if it's about making the victims, well, not the victims, the victims are the people burning alive on the ceiling, Mm -hmm. but making the um, the witnesses watch and that, it is an essential part because it means that they're not trying to fight the demon yeah. who is burning women alive on the ceiling. Like, we're still talking about that. So assuming that it's like this case of he just doesn't want any resistance or any mm. anything to fight back, essentially. He wants to, like, lull them into a false sense of security. wants to lull them into a false sense of security so that they're less likely to... Because you've also got to remember, like, he was very clearly breaking into hunter households. Mm. Like, if he's a demon worth anything, I'm assuming he has at least... Not like a list of hunters or whatever, but yeah. he would have stories of who was aware of the supernatural, etc. Remember that John, though, wasn't hunting until Mary died because that was the catalyst. Oh, okay. See, I don't know so that. So that I'd, was, I don't. You don't really get that from the episode. It seems sort of like John could be hunting and he was just home. Yeah. You will learn through the seasons, like, more about their family and stuff prior to Mary's death, but. Um, no, John, that was his introduction to the supernatural, was seeing okay. his wife burn to death on the ceiling, which is why he suddenly went from being what you see in the pilot, which is a quite caring, like, involved parent, to being, like, military discipline. My kids, I will raise my kids, and this, like, our entire purpose in life is to avenge your mother. So see, that was the trigger. I didn't get, like, the quite caring sort of vibe from John in the first episode. Oh, really? Not like, even right at the start? Not even right at the start, because, I don't know. Like, I didn't get, like, a bad, like, oh, my God, this dude's a monster vibe. But, like, Mm. it was very much sort of like, okay, so he's sitting on the couch while his wife grows up and settles the baby. Like, it just gave me sort of deadbeat dad sort of vibes. Like, not unusual deadbeat dad vibes, but just, like, sort of average. Like, not a particularly good parent, not a particularly bad parent. but like, like an average parent. I mean, I guess that is really the only, like, bit of John we get to see being, like, a decent parent. So (laughs) it is hard to, like, judge your entire perspective on just that like one little bit that we get but like you hear from other characters and stuff who knew john prior to mary's death on like oh like he was such a good dad and stuff and you know you get sam and dean's reactions like was he really like oh haha yeah i guess you know because their relationship with him is more based in after but you think dean would at least remember when he was a good dad because dean was like four that's yeah and like you do have memories from when you're four like like i don't blame sam for having no fucking idea because he was a literal baby um and i think that part of that is why like do you remember i said earlier that like that moment when he tells him like take sam and go outside like that was like a pivotal point for them Mm. 
I think that becomes more and more obvious as you continue to watch the show because you can see the difference in the way that Sam and John interact versus Dean and John interact. Um, I won't say too much because I want you to be able to watch it for yourself, but I think that you'll see what I mean more when their relationships are very different and how Dean is involved in their family in terms of being not only Sam's brother, but also his mother substitute is becomes very obvious. And the way that Dean and John relate to each other is entirely different because yeah, you're right. Dean does remember John as being more than his just dad a- and not just his commander in chief as it were um, can we talk about how inconsiderate john is in this episode though and i'm oh, not yeah. <laughs> talking i'm not talking about the john we see on screen when it, when the their babies and mary yeah. burns on the ceiling i'm talking about the fact that they walk into this hotel room that john has been in mm. and it's fucking trashed like i feel really <laughs> sorry for the cleaning lady like i i don't yeah i i work in a customer service face industry and, like, I deal with people who are assholes. And I'm looking at that hotel room, like, you can guarantee when he checked in he was an asshole. Like, <laughs> you don't leave a hotel room like that if you actually give a shit about the people working. Like, I mean, you just don't. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't know, like, maybe you could argue that he left it that way because he knew, like, he was going to call Dean and set Dean on the trail and, like, that's why he left it all up or whatever. But also, like, he didn't need to leave the half-eaten food. No. Like, he could have at least thrown that out. Like, <laughs> You're right. Like, I never thought about it. But, yeah, because I, I guess I always thought he had to skip town and didn't have time to clean it up. But it's also, like, surely you could have, when you finished eating your food, put it in the fucking bin. Like, what, were you going to come back to that half-eaten burger, like, later? I don't know. You didn't even put it in the fridge. But also, the other thing is, it's not just that he left a bunch of stuff in the wall. It's, like, it's all tacked to the fucking walls. And incriminating it. And incriminating <laughs> evidence and shit. It's like, okay, you have to skip town or whatever. But if you are a monster hunter and you have to frequently skip town quite quickly because, you know, yeah. a hunt's gone south or, you know, the cops are too close to your tail or yeah. whatever, wouldn't you be designing your hotel rooms so they're not a nest of yeah. incriminating evidence? Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's one of those things where, and, again, this is another thing that Supernatural is kind of, like, terrible for, is, like, there's a lot of stuff where if you try and think about the practicality of it, it just doesn't make sense. I remember there was a time in fandom that I want to say was maybe like circa 2014 where people were like, why don't they just fill hula hoops with salt and just have them? Mm. Because, you know, you would put a salt line, a wind could blow or someone yeah. could scuff it with a toe. You could just hula hoop with your hula hoop full of salt. Mm. You could walk around with that. You don't have to stay in one spot. Anyway, and it was, like, just practical things. That, like, yes, it would look stupid. And, yes, it would kind of, like, ruin the effect. But this is a show. Again, aesthetic. TM. Aesthetic. Get some lighting. <laughs> Let's fundraise and but get the Winchester some goddamn lighting. Some lights, yeah. We'll start a GoFundMe. But it's just for the CW. Actually, no, let's never give them any money. But it's just for, uh, yeah, to relight the show. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's just one of those things where... You know, they, they compact salt into bullets so that they have salt bullets because that's manly. But we can't have a salt hula hoop because what? Like, it's too practical? It would be too easy? I don't know. And it's like, and then you could just carry it around and then if you needed protection, you'd literally just drop the hula hoop and stand in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, or like if you're trying to protect like a civilian or whatever, like you could just be like, stay in the hula hoop. like. You know? And considering the jokes they make about like a... Uh, no homo, etc. Oh which yeah. is a very strong one, and like, oh, but I'm a dude's dude, I'm manly. Yeah. Uh, you'd think that they would have a lot of fun 
making those sort of jokes mm. about like, oh, I'm not a child. I don't care, Dean. Stay in the hula hoop. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's like there's so much that they could have done. And I I guess it's really easy to sit on the outside and be like, oh, they could have done this better. They could have done that. They could have done this. You know, when you're actually in it and you're working with what you've got. And like, yeah, like aesthetics, like you're right. Like a bright, like I'm imagining a fluoro green hula hoop. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to fly when your aesthetics is like grungy. It's just not. But, you know. <laughs> but like if you got a black hula hoop and you had it as like, part of you know dean's kid or whatever he's been hunting for years at this point like he's got everything he needs and it's like what he uses to protect civilians or whatever Mm. why not just have it be like him introduce it as like a demon containment device or some shit yeah and then sam just go it's a hula hoop yeah (laughs) the amount of jokes and shit you can make out of it i understand they're going for the aesthetic and this is one very specific example, but like, yeah. I'm assuming there's other things that would have been like tying his hair back would have been way more practical, <laughs> but they don't acknowledge any of the impracticalities that they are shoving upon these characters. Mm. It's like, they're already in a very dangerous line of work. It blows my mind that these characters who have been doing it for, well, not Sam's not been doing it for years at this point. I mean, he kind uh, of has, but he has had a break. He's had a break. So it sort of blows my mind that Dean, who's 20 something now. 26 in the pilot. And he's been doing it for the last 20 odd years since he was a kid, would not have maximized the efficiency of his equipment and his tools and the practicalities of like, it is not practical to have, you know, hundreds of news articles pinned to the walls in a hotel room because then what happens when you do have to pack up at a rush? You can't leave all this incriminating evidence on the walls. Like, that's not an option. So you're going to spend an extra 20-odd minutes fucking unpinning all of this shit from the walls yeah, so that you don't leave any traces of who you are behind because that's kind of the whole point. Like, they're flying under the radar. They don't want a lot of heat and notice from police. Like, you're telling me that they haven't realised that it would just be literally easier to carry, like, a cork board around. I think that's, like, one of the other things that is an issue with, like, John as well. Is like, obviously, John puts a lot of pressure on them. And, again, you will see this in later episodes and seasons. To be baby Johns, basically. So, like, he just wants them to do everything the way that he does it. Because, like, he's always right and this is the way we do it kind of thing. Whereas Sam... And eventually Dean as well, to an extent, like, start to be like, well, no, actually, I don't like your way. I don't want to do it your way. You know, this is sort of the way we're going to do it. What you said before, like, Dean being like, you know, it's it's this. And Sam being like, it's a hula hoop. That's actually something that's pretty in character. Like, that's pretty on point. Mm. But I don't think John, like, I yeah. don't think if Dean had gone, hey, Dad, like, do you reckon we could put some salt in a hula hoop? I think John would have been like... Yeah fuck is wrong with you like you know and i think that is probably where a lot of that stems from too i mean it'd also save a lot of money on salt god yeah right (laughs) they must spend more on salt than like i don't know mcdonald's like they must be the primary what's the word consumer not consumer but like you know purchaser Customer? customer that's the word of like whatever salt industry there is oh my god Anyway, look. <laughs> like, do you think they're just walking into like a supermarket Costco. and like <laughs> grabbing like twenty kilo bags of salt at a time? Like, I love the idea that the only actual valid ID that Sam or Dean have is a Costco membership. Like, I just, I love that idea so much. That's so funny. They're in there buying their thirty kilos of salt. So I think that's pretty well everything that happens. Well, the major touch points of the episode. Yeah. And it ends with Jess burning alive on the ceiling, and it's very obvious 
Sam's going to continue to hunt, hunt monsters, now. This is, yeah, and that's really... Yeah. It's, gotta find uh, John. He's an asshole, but you gotta find him. You gotta find him because he's dead and whatever. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, and so obviously you have the, the symmetry of Jess burning on the ceiling like Mary did, which mm-hmm. triggers in Sam the same need for revenge as it triggered in John, so they have that in common now. And you also have Dean, again, pulling Sam literally out of the fire. So you've got the symmetry on all fronts. So you've got Sam mirroring John. You've got Jess mirroring Mary. You've got Dean mirroring himself, but yeah. 22 t- years He's later. Older, yeah. So it's uh, a very interesting thing. So the writing in this was terrible. The amount of exposition <laughs> was incredible. But I will say that that symmetry is probably the one thing that this pilot episode did right and probably the one of the massive reasons why I actually got picked up, at least for me personally. Like, I didn't see a lot to like in this first episode. There are bits and pieces that I didn't mind. Mm. But that symmetry is probably the one really smart thing they did in terms of starting John's journey as a hunter in a very similar way to how they restart Sam. Sam's journey as a hunter. And explore Dean's relationship to Sam and to John in both settings. Yes. Yeah. Look, I love Supernatural. I recognize that it's, you know, not the best show, but I I love it. And so I really like this episode. This is probably the 18th time I've watched it. You know, I look, I recognize there are some like issues with it. Like, yeah, like it's so dark. It's so hard to watch unless you're in a pitch black room and it's it's a here's the thing yes there's exposition and stuff but it's also it's the pilot like i just i just think we have to cut them some slack for the fact that it is a pilot episode and they have to walk this really fine line of putting enough information out there so that people are like oh okay i understand what this show is going to be about whilst also retaining enough information that it's like they haven't just given away their entire plot in one 40 minute episode so i guess like that that yes you are right there is a lot of exposition but I kind of understand why because they wanted to elaborate on what this story is going to be about and who it's about and what the characters are about without actually giving away any of the future plot Mm. and it's hard to kind of do both without it being expositioning but it was still very it was yeah (laughs) they didn't Uh, succeed like Okay, it's very hard to do without being expositioning, but like also, it was very expositioning. Yeah. What got me was the amount of stuff they would show in a shot. Like, it was very clearly established, like, this is what's happening. Mm. And then they would have the characters outright say it two to three <laughs> times. It's like, oh. you've just established this in the shot. <laughs> Then Sam established it again in words. You. Okay, great. And then Dean will establish it again. And then, you know, the dumb cop character has said it a third time. It's like, this is four times you've told me the same information. Yeah. Well, the worst part is it's not even like overly sure. important information. <laughs> you are going to have the biggest love-hate relationship with the uh, zooming on this show. Like <laughs> the amount of times they zoom in on something so dramatically and it's just like a bag of salt. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna love to hate it. So you mean they get more creative with their <laughs> direction? Like I'm looking forward to that. Because again, like everything is like it's a stationary shot. Oh, I'm such a critic. <laughs> hey, they have if they have if anyone has listened to this entire thing, they've waited like forty odd minutes. Forty to fifty odd minutes before I said one thing that I liked about Supernatural. <laughs> like a single paltry thing, and that's that I like the symmetry. Yeah. That was the first positive thing I have said all goddamn day. That's true. To wrap it up, how would you rate the episode on a scale of one to five? How would you rate it? What would you... <laughs> okay, I would probably give it... So five being a good, I'm assuming. Yeah, like, yeah. Five as... being like, 
Chef's Kiss, beautiful. Loved it. One being, this was the worst thing I've ever watched, ever. So probably like maybe a 1.5. That's maybe a two. rough. <laughs> That's so rough. <laughs> Look, there's a reason I watch the shows that I watch. Like, I don't watch a lot of things that I'm not overly interested in. But genuinely speaking, it was just sort of a... It wasn't great. It didn't capture my attention. I'm not in love with these characters. Like, I'm oh. just still so goddamn distracted by the voices they have constantly. <laughs> like, why are they so deep? Like, that, that Their voices in the pilot are not deep, though. They are baby voices. They're so high-pitched, so you can't use that in your argument. That's that's null and void at this point. That doesn't become a thing to, like, I don't know, season four, really. So are you telling me that their voices get deeper again? Yes. Their voices get deeper and deeper with every season. And then when Misha joins in season four, it's literally like a competition. It's very entertaining. To, for me to go, having watched the end of season 15 to now go back to a season one, I'm like, my God, you sound like toddlers. <laughs> you can't see, but Jamie's removed her glasses so that she can properly rub her face with both hands out of disappointment and stress. Please fucking save me. <laughs> I, th- I think that's it for the Yeah, all right. <laughs> I think we're done. Thank you for listening if you've actually listened to this. That was very generous and kind of you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it there. We don't need an outro. That's fine. <laughs>